You have the ability to size up other salespeople and your buyers by looking at their sense of urgency. But there's some elements. There's a recipe to it. So what goes in that recipe and how can you figure it out? Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a fantastic day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And we are on episode number 172. Sense of urgency in sales and why it matters. (laughs) I'm going to say that you do have to have a sense of urgency in sales. Wait, 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 wait. You must have a sense of urgency in sales. And the thing for you is you have to know how to do this right. There is the right way for you to have sense of urgency, and then there's everything else. And we have all met the person that really shouldn't be selling, and you you meet them and you're like, there's something wrong here, okay? So if there was a scale of urgency that started with zero, that would be apathy. Like, yeah, I don't care. I'm not interested. And then if it went all the way to 100, that's high pressure or desperation, And when I just mentioned the salesperson previously that you didn't want to meet with, they misunderstood what a sense of urgency was or their own personal sense of urgency was the thing that was causing problems for them. It was the thing that was making them struggle. And at the end of the day, people feel your intentions, good, bad, or indifferent. If you've got a good vibe around you, people will pick that up. If you've got a bad vibe around you, people will pick that up. If you're negative, everything in your life is going to fail. If you're positive, most things, in your, most things in your life are going to go right. And I am speaking from generics. That's not 100%. And uh, it is kind of woo-woo. It is kind of energy speak. But at the end of the day, when when you take a look at what happens and why people close deals and why people don't, some of it's technical skills, some of it's capability, some of it's communication, and some of it is belief. I'd say a lot of it's belief. And when when you take a look at sense of urgency, some of it is internal. To some of it, it isn't really anything to do about the company. It's just, it could be a, a lack of confidence. And I want you to pay attention when you meet and when you talk with people. And there's a reason for it. So when you're around people who have a, a good hefty income, whatever, whatever hefty means in your mind, because this, this view is going to give you some direction. Uh, this view will change what you think. And the reason why I'm saying your version of a hefty income is because it's going to be slightly outside of your comfort zone for some people. It'll be slightly like, this is what I attain to be. And they put a sense of energy, I'm sorry, they put a sense of urgency into what they're doing. They put a sense of this has got to get done. This is the direction I'd like to see things go. And you can tell that that there's like a form of leadership in their conversation. Now, conversely, 
people who don't typically value their time, they don't really have a sense of urgency to their conversation. They don't have a sense of urgency of what's going on. You know, I, I heard a guy one time, and this guy made a lot of money, a lot of money. And you're like, Scott, what's a lot of money to me? 50 million a year, five zero. Dude made 50 million a year. That's a lot of money. And he said, you know, you can tell that those who have a sense of urgency in life by the speed of how they walk. And he says, it's not, it's not just like, you know, somebody's walking slow. Like if they got a medical condition, he said like, no, he says, you can tell where somebody's headed in life by how fast they walk or how slow they walk. And he's like, you're not a jogger, but people who have a sense of direction and a sense of urgency tend to walk faster than people who don't. Now this is a generalization and I'm sure that there's someone's going to raise their hand and say, Scott, on a full moon on a Wednesday, that's not true. Okay, okay. I'm just, I'm giving you a, a slice of information that was shared with me from someone who made $50 million a year. And this guy recruited people. And so he would say, hey, look, when I go to recruit people, I'm going to watch how how fast they walk. If they, if they have a good pace, a good clip to how they walk to their gait, then yeah, I'm going to do what I can to recruit them. But he said this was this is the, the the correlation that he drew. This is the thing that he figured out. So is he right? Fifty million bucks a year. <laughs> Five zero, fifty million. And so money is the grease for momentum. I saw that quote somewhere the other day and I was like, I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna put that in the podcast. I might even do a whole episode on it. Money is the grease for momentum. And I recently had the opportunity to work with a salesperson. And we were having a conversation about future facing goals. You know, the, the way that this person talked about goals, it didn't seem like he really believed them. It didn't see, it didn't seem like what he was saying was true. There wasn't conviction there. There wasn't, there wasn't a feel like this is something that I've got to do, or this is something that I must do. There was a feel of like, yeah, whatever. And, the thing that came up, the the part of the conversation that really caught my ear was when he said, what's wrong with making 60 grand a year? What's wrong with 60 grand a year? What's wrong with 70 grand a year? I read somewhere in a study that said at $60,000 a year, that's like the optimal for most people. And there's really not much more past the $10,000. And I'm like, what's wrong with making 60 grand a day? What's wrong with making 60 grand a week? What's wrong with making 60 grand a month? And he just, he couldn't conceive it. But at the same time, the actions that he was taking in life kind of, kind of proved that, that those are the things that really didn't matter. Now I, I will share with you, this isn't the first time I've had this conversation. This isn't the first time I've heard somebody say, what's wrong with making 60 or $70,000 a year. In the time that I've coached, I've probably heard, I've probably heard this 10 or 15 times. And when when this uh, person, the salesperson, interacts with people, there's there's no point towards the horizon. I, I I'm a very visual person, and I I think linearly. And for some people, it drives them nuts because they're like you organize your thoughts in a very straight path. So well, that's from years and years of teaching. And so when I look at the sales process, I look towards the horizon. I look at a distance, or like you know, kind of create a map. You know, right to left, left to right, up, down, 
down, up, whatever direction that you want to go diagonal, I don't care. But it's easier for me to see a pathway. There is urgency in in future facing. And so this is how I size people up. Like when I when I meet with a salesperson and they're like, hey, I'm struggling. I'm I'm not doing good in sales. Well, in my mind, I'm like, I'm categorizing information. I'm listening to the things that they're telling me. And there's a uh, past-based, there's present-based, and there's future-based. And we have all met the past-based person that they can't get past a problem that they had in their life. They can't get past an event or events. There's never, ever a solution. This person is not forward-facing. And it could be for a lot of reasons. It could be because they have trauma in their life. It could be a psychological issue. It could be that that's the way that they're wired. Typically, this person does not make a good salesperson because they're not facing forward into the future. Sure, there's examples of people who close deals that are super negative. (laughs) Then there's the present-based person. I would say that they do a little bit better, in some cases a lot better, than the person who's stuck in the past. But, you know, they're, they're present with what's going on. And then there's the future person. And that's the person who's talking about what's going to happen. You're going to love this. You're going to appreciate it. You're going to like it. You know, it's a mix of, of present and into the future. And so the next time that you're in a sales meeting, I'm going to give you a secret weapon. Listen for how people talk. Are they past-based? Are they present-based? Or are they future-based? Now, I will give you a warning. If somebody's too far into the future and too crazy about the future, then that can be a problem too. So I'm not gonna throw uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna throw throw something bad on somebody's parade. But there's times where I get people in front of a room and they're like, I'm gonna close five million dollars this year when the industry average is like three million. And there's a there's a feel to somebody who's like, I'm gonna close five million this year. And then there's the feel to the person like, I'm gonna close five million this year. And it's more of an attention thing. So there, there is a, a, a right side bumper and a left side bumper of, of people who are past-based, present-based, and future-based. And so if there was a pendulum, if there was a pendulum, I would say that the people who do the best are a mix of present and future. That they're, they're, somewhere, they're somewhere in between those two, two guide rails. Because, you know, present-based people are talking about what's going to happen today and what we're going to do for you in the future. People who are solely future-based, it's too hard for people to comprehend what's going on without the mix. And here's some things that you can do for your urgency. Like, you can do this when you talk to people. One, set an agenda. You know, tell them, hey, look, here's what I'm going to do for you today. Here's what's going to happen. Because that means you value your time. That means you're organized. You can set a timetable which is pretty close to an agenda. You can say, here's, here's the order of operations. Today, we're going to do this thing. When you sign, not if, when you sign, this is what's going to happen. And this is the, the date that we're going to finish. You can talk about outcomes. You can talk about the benefits that the person is going to receive. You can talk about what to expect and set some expectations. Because think about this. If somebody's meeting with you and they're talking about outcomes, they're they're painting a picture in their head that they could do business with you most of the time. 
I'm not saying this is going to make the deal happen and that you're going to close the deal. But if somebody can envision doing business with you, then you have a better chance of closing the deal with somebody who can't envision doing business with you. This is why, you know, if you talk about the future and and you're you're doing some future pacing and you're throughout your sales process saying, hey, when we do this, hey, when we make this happen, that future pace in the beginning, your buyer is going to be like, I haven't told you I'm going to move forward with you. They, they don't have a vision. And Chris Voss loves to say vision drives decision. It takes some time for buy-in. It takes some time about talking about the future. You know, I think of Elon Musk and what he did with Tesla cars. When he came out and said, I'm going to build a car that's based off of batteries, people are like, no, you're not. And then he was like, he talked about it. He did it. He put some funding together. He built the sports coupe. You know, he was future pacing. He was making stuff happen. He was talking about the outcome and then he proved it. I'm going to add one here that may seem weird, but it's important. Have a positive belief about money. Uh, when I work with salespeople who are struggling and they're stuck in the past, there's typically a weird feeling about money. There's something super negative about it. And I don't know if it's like a chicken, what came first, the chicken or the egg, that they're upset that they don't have money and they, they, they're not getting money or that their negative view of money is holding them back. And this, just un- please understand, in no way is this a value judgment. Is this no way of me talking negative about somebody? It's a general observation of things that I've seen of me looking for framework to pinpoint why salespeople struggle and why they don't. And there is sometimes where no matter how much sales skill somebody could work on, no matter how much talent that they have, natural or practiced, if they have a bad belief about money, then they can't see themselves into the future working a deal. They can't see themselves into the future making something happen. So guess what? They don't They don't make it happen. And this is going to tie into a positive belief about money is having some goals. And that is painting the picture ahead of time. So, you know, it's interesting when you think about business, um, accounting is a record of the past. If you have a CFO, that's a prediction of the future. Uh, um, a financial officer, a C-suite officer is a prediction of the future. And so the, when, you, when you start thinking about it that way, when you recreate a lot of things in your mind, that's an accounting process. But if you're, you're thinking about business like a CFO, you're forecasting into the future. You're looking at what's going to happen. And a lot of times, salespeople want to recreate the past. They don't want to create the future. They want they want to go backwards. And your buyers will do the same thing. Like, and you've met with this, this person probably this week. That they're stuck, they're stuck in reverse. They're not, they're not in neutral and they're not in go forward mode. And sometimes stuck in reverse means that they got to tell you every problem that they've had. And here is the question: what's the outcome that you want? What's the outcome you want from meeting with me? I've had to, to stop people and go, what is the outcome that you want from meeting with me? Is it complaining or do you want to move forward? And I've had people go, I just want to complain. I'm like, I'm not the complaint guy. I, I, it's, that's not what I do. I had a business owner call me. And this was a high net worth individual. This was a rather large company. And all the guy wanted to do was complain about his salespeople. And I said, Great. What do you want to do about this? Do you want to complain about your salespeople or you want to make something happen? 
And he got frustrated. And he's like, if you're not going to listen to me complain, then I'm not going to pay you. And I said, well, then I guess we're not doing business. At that time of his life, he wasn't forward facing. He wasn't, he wasn't working into the future. He just wanted to tell me his problems. I'm not an emotional punching bag. I'm like, don't just drop your problems off on me and expect for me to just like, oh, okay, I'm going to take it. You know, there, there is a point where you can be overly abrupt. There is a point where you can be aggressive. Uh, but you, you do have to be somewhat forward facing and you do want to talk about goals and you do want to point something on the horizon. And all of this has to do with your sense of urgency and how people pick this up around you. And there are times where you have lost deals because you lost your confidence, you lost your certainty, which means you lost your your urgency. So confidence and certainty are two things, two of the things that I would put into the formula of, of what it takes to have some urgency. And not everybody thinks this way. Um, not everybody wants to hear that this is something that can take you to that direction because there, there is, there is something aggressive about closing a deal. And if you think about how deals are described, a lot of those descriptions and the way that they're talked about are aggressive. Last on this list, you can celebrate your wins. Now you can go too far in your celebrations, or you can just be grateful for what you have. I can't tell you how you're going to celebrate your win. I tend to lock in every win that I have with an anchor and I just, I rub my tips of my tooth, my, my thumb, my pointing finger, my index finger, three times in a circle, just lightly. Like if I'm ever speaking on stage and you can see my hands, if there's a point where my brain goes, yeah, you're not supposed to be here. I like, I got to automatically correct that. And I just rub my fingers together. And like, that's what, that's what gives me confidence and certainty sometimes when I need it. Sometimes I have to borrow that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm human. There's times where I struggle too. And so if you have your confidence plus your certainty, it's easier to have uh, the urgency that you need in a sales process to have a conversation. Just most people don't think about it this way. Most people think about it in terms of, you know, I just got to close the deal faster. They're speeding up time. Desperation, desperation is almost always a speeding up of time. Desperation is almost like I've got to fast forward and, and get this taken care of. And so, you know, when people, I was at the gas station and the, this lady came over and she was like, Hey, I was in the next town over and I lost my wallet. And, you know, can you buy me a gallon of gas? Okay. One, I teach body language Two, I work with salespeople and I'm very tuned in to vocal pitch and tone. And there was a desperation in her voice, but it was too fast. It was too fast. And in no way am I judging this woman, but do I believe she was telling me the truth? No. And I'm going to put that with 100% certainty because the way that it was explained was wrong. And so the way that I picked up that this woman wasn't telling me the truth is the same way that your buyer picks up on your lack of confidence and your lack of certainty. So they're like, there's no urgency here, or they pick up on the wrong sense of urgency where there's desperation. So you have a lot of opportunity, and I'm going to challenge you to go watch people walk. Watch watch the closer in your office. How do they walk? And I'm not talking, do they speed walk, but do they walk with like a sense of purpose, like they're going somewhere? Or do they lumber around like they're tired and they're, they're lonely, or there's things and problems in their life? Do they do it occasionally? Probably. But 
I'm going to guess that when you, when you take a look at the person in your office, who's a closer, they have a different way that they walk. They have a different sense of urgency. And I'm going to say, Hey, conversely, look at the sales guy or the sales girl that you think is not going to make it. Look about how, how they talk about things. Do they talk about the past? Do they talk about the present or they, they talk about the future? They go way too far into the future. Do they make bold claims that just you, you look at them and they're like, there's no way. There's no way. Anytime that somebody makes too bold of a claim and they don't have proof to back it up, that's where you start going, okay, you've got fake urgency. So, you know, there was a, a point in my life where I would go to MLM meetings and I'm in no way am I knocking MLM meetings, but I would see this fake urgency on display. And this is the one place that I can give you a lot of places. This is the one place that I can say I've seen it the most and it's easier, easiest to pick out. Because someone will will pick up uh, uh, someone for their, a person for their downline. Someone will pick up somebody for their downline and get them all spun up and get them excited. And then they give like this fake sense of urgency and they predict too far out into the future. And in no way am I making a value judgment because I, I believe in the good of people. But you can feel when they say, I'm going to be this level of producer. I'm going to be a platinum level of producer. And your brain just goes, no, you're not. And then you hear somebody go, I am going to be a platinum level producer. And you're like, okay, that person's got some conviction. They've got confidence. They've got certainty. I believe that they got some urgency here. Okay. I'm just asking you, take some time, watch people and listen to what they say. You know, if you're meeting with a buyer and all they want to do is complain about the past, you, you got to bring them into the present and somewhat into the future. If you got a buyer who's too excited, too excited is, is really fake. And so I'm going to leave you with this one last thing before I wrap up this episode. Uh, there is the buyer who pretends like they have a huge sense of urgency and it's fake urgency. And your brain is going to tell you this is an easy person to sell. Well, anytime that I meet with somebody who's got way too much excitement about a product or service or even a training that's my sign that I need to slow it down and figure out what's going on. I need to drag them from way, way forward into the future to the present and start asking questions about why, why are you so excited about this? You know, I might even tell somebody like, it's not normal to be this excited about sales training. What's going on? Got to slow down the process, slow down the clock. You know, uh, I used to go to a lot of uh, Sacramento Kings games in the early 2000s when they had Chris Weber and Vladi Dibots and Mike Bibby and like all the old school Kings players, like when they were really good, <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but like when the, the team was doing well, they would slow down the clock. They would pass the ball around, you know, they would, they would, they would uh, get three or four touches before they would try to try to score a basket. And then conversely, there was a lot of times where they would just run down the court and instead of slowing the game down when they should have, they sped it up. And so on this last example, what are the times that you need to slow things down and show that you have a sense of urgency, but you're showing that you're like, hey, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Your sense of urgency is off. I'm going to slow things down to prove that I understand what I'm doing and I can see what's going on here. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck.
See you soon. Mahalo. 